Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. You've found the place where we talk all about horses. I'm John Hare. And this is Renee Hare. And on today's show, we have Crystal Kelly from Equestrian Adventuresses. Now, you might remember uh, Crystal from about a year ago, where she told us about her life traveling the world, working with horses, doing all kinds of things, working in Bhutan, doing the Mongol, the Mongol Derby, and now she's on to another endeavor, Equestrian Adventuresses. She even has her own podcast. And her, their mission is to empower women around the world to pursue their passion for horses. Since I'm not a woman, I'm going to turn <laughs> it over to the most qualified woman horseman I know, Renee. And Renee and Crystal are going to have a conversation, and you guys get to listen in. Hi, Crystal. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we are good. We are good. I, I've got to tell you, I went on your website, and I so want to go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to. That's kind of the whole point. So I would like to hear about the South Africa trip, but we can go in whatever order you like. I saw it on the website and just was immediately attracted to the adventure and the horsemanship. This year, for example, I organized a couple of groups to a few different uh, destinations. And so next year, um, we're actually planning a trip to, it's Lesotho, which is a sort of a small kingdom inside of South Africa. Uh, most people haven't really heard of it. And I think that's why I like it so much. So right. the lady um, that I'm in contact with, she's an equestrian adventuress like me, and she kind of traveled around there, met a South African man who was, I think he was traveling from farm to farm, like the locals with horses. Mm. And he was checking in on them and making sure that, you know, the horses were taken care of properly and everything. And so they've started this tour program. And so we're going to go next year and we're going to check it out and I'm going to be filming it. So it's going to be a bunch of um, equestrian adventuresses, but also the husbands are also welcome. Um, well, so it's not nice. just ladies. <laughs> yes, it's, it's going to be fun. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And then you did spend two months traveling across Ireland. I did. Yes. On um, horses. Yeah, on my own horses, actually. Right. So the past couple of years, I've been living in England, and I bought two horses, one for me and one for my uh, husband, who is sort of a new rider. So he spent a year learning how to ride with me, and then he kind of graduated, and we got him a, a horse <laughs> of his own. And so we brought them both to Ireland with this idea that we are going to ride from the south to the north. Oh, the <laughs> long that, way. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what we did for uh, for a couple of months. So we finished oh. our adventure. Well, I mean, it's wintertime now, but it was uh, early November that we finished. Very good. What I found fascinating was that you had no real backup. You were not supported in any way. Yeah, exactly. So we paid a horse box to drive us there and we kind of got dropped off and off we went. So we, our plan was just to knock on doors mm -hmm. and ask kind of strangers, total strangers, if they had a field, which we could keep the horses for the night. And then, you know, maybe we could pitch up our tent or something like that. And there was only two nights where we were terrified because we genuinely thought we weren't going to find a place but for the most part, every other night, and we ended up finding a place anyways. So every single night we had somewhere to stay. You know, some people would turn us away or whatever, mostly closer to the cities where I think they're a little bit more wary of, right. uh, you know, strangers or something. But for the most part, everyone was very nice and welcoming and 
it's part of the culture in some extent. Um, a lot of it has faded now, but definitely like the older generation, they still remember a time when people were traveling regularly with horse carts. So, you know, they would welcome us in and we'd pitch our tent or sometimes we got a, a room to stay in. And yeah, it was an interesting experience. Oh, I bet it was. And what what would you say was the most unusual or strange thing that happened on that trip? You know, we we had quite a few funny moments. And one of them, it was funny. We actually, so we rode up to this like gas station. We were sort of living off of gas station food and snacks. <laughs> And we rode up to a gas station and, you know, it's getting late, <clears throat> excuse me. And so we needed to find a place for the night, but we're kind of in a, a city sort of. So we're sort of looking around like, hmm, there's not really any fields around here. And these like little kids were kind of questioning us and petting the horses. And Christian, my husband, he went inside the shop and he came out and he said, oh yeah, somebody invited us to go stay with him. He's just, you know, down the road two minutes. And so we walk our horses and we pull up and I don't know, a lot of um, people in Ireland, they have like secret cow fields behind their house or something. So we were expecting something like that, like, oh, somebody's got like a small pen or something. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just a normal house. (laughs) And he's got his, you know, grass lawn, which is a little bit overgrown. (laughs) And he's got a little (laughs) tiny driveway with a small, tiny gate. And it's like two foot. And. He's like, yeah, you could just <laughs> bring your horses, <laughs> let them loose here. And and we just kind of shrug our shoulders and we're like, all right. And so we let the horses loose. And, you know, at that point they'd done 30 kilometers. So they weren't really going to hop over the little wall. The tiny little um, fence. <laughs> yeah, but they're kind of walking around in the driveway and wandering around eating his grass and stuff in the night. And and we crashed in his house. He let us, um, oh, that was he nice. kind of made a little uh, sofa bed for us. And yeah, so it was just kind of a funny I think we had quite a few moments where it was sort of outer body experiences. Like, is this really happening? But it, it's so ridiculous, you know, that it's just like a lot of fun. Right. And it's part of the adventure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you never stay in the same place twice. Like, you never know what, what's going to happen, what you're going to find, who you're going to meet. Not going to get used to anything. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. And the horses felt the same as well. They were both kind of like, yeah, where are we going today? Oh, <laughs> So they were putting in a lot of miles every day, and and they made the trip fine just with foraging on the fields overnight? Yeah. I mean, as you guys might have heard, Ireland rains a lot. <laughs> so lots of grass. So, yeah, there was plenty of grass. We were concerned. So we weren't carrying, like, feed for the mm-hmm. horses. Um, one of our horses is one of those type of horses that basically lives on air. I mean, she's always a little bit fat because she just inhales food and so grass is more than enough and the other one is actually a a thoroughbred an ex-racer so we were a bit concerned about her like is the hard work plus you know just eating the grass uh is she gonna lose a whole lot of weight and she thinned a little bit but not too much she kind of got really lean and very fit they were both i mean they're both very fit um by the end definitely crossed a country yeah (laughs) but you know they they actually were fine with just the grass and, and sometimes we would, yeah. And sometimes we would stay like in horse stables or people that had horses and they would, you know, donate our horses some hay or sometimes some small little like grain or feed or something. So Mm -hmm. the horses were always thankful for that as well. John wonders what happened to the pink yak? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The pink yak was my little rally car, which I had driven 
from England to Mongolia and back again. That's right. actually how I met my husband was in Azerbaijan on this car rally. And so for the past couple years, uh, the past two years that I've been living in England, the pink yak was still my like daily transport, my daily commuter <laughs> car. And it's funny because it's a little junky car and it's hot pink and it's got little like Mong Mongol rally stickers and stuff. And so my husband and I's plan was we were actually moving out of England. And because of, unfortunately, there's like Brexit and all kinds of drama is happening. So we were thinking it doesn't make any sense to try and import some, you know, crappy junkyard car that we got <laughs> for $500. So I ended up actually kind of selling it for scrap, I think. And it was like, I got like 50 bucks for the pink yak. Um <laughs> So basically half of its value. <laughs> it did its duty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was a sad day to give up the pink yak, but at the same time, you know, it was it was going to happen one of these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything and nice. that's actually in um, – so we filmed our whole trip in Ireland, and we have a few episodes on our YouTube channel. And so in episode one, you will see – so sort of the, the goodbye to the pink yak. And also we had a pink mini as well. So you'll see what happened to that as we Excellent. left England. <laughs> Excellent. And now with your website, you are inviting adventuresses to join you there. And how many do you have? So Equestrian Adventuresses, the idea behind it is it's sort of a community. It's just for women who love horses, travel, and adventure. Mm -hmm. So we have a Facebook group. We have the podcast. We have the YouTube show. We have articles on the website. And basically, I'm, I just love sharing like women's stories about their adventures. So the podcast is a, a lot of me just interviewing really cool ladies doing cool stuff. Like there was a girl. She walked across Jordan with a little donkey. And there was another one who rode about 2,000 kilometers. It makes my ride look like a joke, but she did like 2,000 kilometers wow. across Australia and America and lots of places. So it's just a lot of, um, I think, because when you travel to a lot of countries, you'll see more men riding horses than women. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create kind of a community of women because I knew that, you know, most of the people going on these horse riding tours or vacations or whatever are women. And so I just wanted to kind of share their stories and empower them and let them kind of connect with other women and like travel together and do fun stuff and share their photos. And so that's sort of the idea behind it. Well, that's wonderful. It is. And to have a place where women with those common desires can just chat and share, share their stories and maybe even bring up new ideas and things to try and do. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, there's, especially if you're new to traveling and doing horsey adventures, you know, it can seem really intimidating and scary. And as soon as you're going on a group with a bunch of other ladies, like, it's not that scary, actually. Because right. it's kind of like you're making friends. I mean, before you even meet them, you know that you have this common love and interest. And so you're kind of going to this cool place, sharing this adventure. And it's funny, like, the conversations you have in the middle of, I don't know, Mongolia, <laughs> like you're making some deep friendships. You know, these are not just small talk friends that you see for tea once every six months. Like you're having some deep conversations and meeting like really amazing people. And it's just a whole lot of fun. Oh, it sounds like it. It does. What What's the typical age range for your adventurouses? There's kind of two types. There's the, let's say between, I don't know, maybe... 40 and 60. Mm. 
who are kind of maybe their kids have grown out of the house and they're I don't know, maybe retired or they're just looking for really cool adventures and they want to connect with people. So you see a lot of these type of um, women which are traveling around on different horse riding tours or vacations or experiences. And then you also find the younger generation, maybe like between, I don't know, maybe 20 and 30 or something like that, 20 and 35. And they're maybe looking for volunteer opportunities or places to work or they're looking for maybe more exotic uh, extreme travels or adventure types, you know, so maybe not necessarily just a tour, but kind of just going and riding at that local horse club or playing polo there or something like that. So you get kind of both, both sides of it. Right. Yeah. And, and when you go out on something, is there a huge difference between using your own horses and using other horses or do you acclimate to the other horses pretty easily? I have been working my whole life with horses. So I'm used to riding different horses all the time and changing it up. It's funny though, because when I was traveling, obviously this year with these different groups, and it was sort of my husband's first year of traveling and riding horses, and he has his horse at home. And he was riding a lot of really nice horses on the travels, but all the time he kept saying to me like, Oh, but it's not like Q and Oh, I love Q. And that's his horse. And, and he really missed her. And so I think that's part of why the Ireland adventure came up because we both were kind of like, it is really fun and cool riding different horses, Mm -hmm. but it's also really, really special to do an adventure with your own horse because with your own horse, you have that bond and it's just a whole other level. I mean, there's some trails in some countries that my horses, no way would they be able to handle those trails. (laughs) They're pretty (laughs) spoiled babies from England and they haven't seen mountains before. Um, So, you know, in that scenario, yeah, I want the local horse. Right. But, you know, having an adventure kind of like what we did in Ireland, it, it was just, you know, your horse so well. And whenever, cause challenges happen in the day, And whenever challenges happen, and because you really have that partnership and that relationship, it's it's just a whole nother level and a whole different experience than, you know, if it was some other horse that has seen that thing a thousand times with hundreds of other customers or something like that. Um, So, yeah, it's just a whole different experience, I think. Right. I've always said there's nothing like sleeping overnight somewhere different with your horse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very bonding. Oh, it is definitely. And it was a fun process to watch, especially. So my little horse, Lily, she's part Arabian and she is very busy and very curious. So every day for her, she's basically dragging us like, we got to get going. Where are we going? (laughs) It's funny because when we would put her in a totally new place, I mean, almost every single night, everyone was saying the same thing. Like, I can't believe how comfortable your horses are in a totally new place. But they also, like Lily, you know, she just walked all these miles, but she still had energy. And she would just go and investigate every single thing in the field. And like, you know, she's just very in everybody's business, kind of. (laughs) So, yeah, it was just a lot of fun to see their reactions to going to the new places and how much, like, excitement they had about it. And how, yeah, they just kind of also understood that we were doing this challenge and they don't know why, but they loved it. <laughs> but we're in it together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and you also have some uh, video travel courses available. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. So with my websites, you know, I travel a lot and because I am a, a coach, a horse coach, I have some online courses. So I teach like women's travel safety and I teach like horsemanship, how to speak the horse's language so that you can, you know, travel in any country and horses speak horse, you know, so it doesn't really matter what the locals are speaking. Um, and you know, stuff like how to haggle or how to move abroad or just different stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I do have a few online courses that I, that I teach people how to do all of those things. That sounds very fun. That would be good for people, even if they don't ride a horse. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, the one I stress the most is women's safety. Because I can't tell you how many times, because I've traveled solo to most of the countries. And I mean, I went to like Iraq and Yemen and fun places. You know, I'm blonde. I have green eyes. I'm white. I stand out, you know, just wearing the local clothes for me isn't enough. I think there's a lot of women that they don't, I don't know, they don't realize because of the cultural differences, how subtle some of it could be. And I think it's just very important that they take their safety seriously. Because a lot of men, even if you're traveling with a man, they might not know how to protect you. They might not know how to handle the local culture Mm -hmm. as well. And so, you know, I've seen both women traveling solo and women traveling with men, and they had equal difficulties because they didn't know what to do and what was appropriate or what kind of tools or steps to take in different situations. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely something that was important to me. Did you learn all of that just through your own experiences? Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked in um, Egypt. I worked in India, both places for two years. I've worked in Romania. I've worked in a lot of male-dominated places. And I was the boss in charge of a bunch of men. Mm. Not all of them liked that very much. So I had to learn different ways like for example if i'm in egypt and i'm trying to get the men to give horses a, i don't know some water or something if i ask them to do it then they think that i'm being flirty or if i tell them to do it they think i'm being a man which they can't take orders from a woman because i'm not a man mm-hmm. so i had to find this like balance of how to communicate So in the Middle East, the tactics that I used didn't carry over when I went to India. It was like a totally different culture, and I had to learn totally new skills. And I definitely had to learn a lot of things. Both of my parents were in the military and in the police and law enforcement. My mom was a parole officer. So I grew up already with, I think, a lot of knowledge. Like I didn't realize until I was an adult that... I don't know, most kids in school aren't taught when they go to a restaurant that they have to sit facing the exit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, just little stuff like that. I didn't know other kids weren't learning that because that's what we learned (laughs) growing up. That's You had a good foundation. (laughs) Exactly. So I knew how to be observant and to read people's body language. And I think it was interesting traveling because I, by speaking to other people and to meeting other people in the different cultures and everything, I was able to kind of realize what skills were really useful that other people maybe didn't have. And I had to master some new stuff. (laughs) So yeah. You have been around. And what are your plans for 2020? This past year, I've been traveling and filming for the Equestrian Adventuress's YouTube channel. So right now, I'm like catching up doing all of the editing for oh, it. Uh, and John it takes, knows that's ponderous. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's it's painful. Yeah, it takes a really long time. So I, I was doing sort of documentaries 
you know, next year there's this Lesotho trip, but I haven't really been planning out trips. I don't know. I'm kind of a wing it personality. So I just <laughs> sort of see with a week's notice and I'm like, oh yeah, let's go there. Um, but yeah, so I don't uh, know exactly, but we are having to move our horses. They're still in Ireland right now. Um, oh. So my husband and I are going to move and we're thinking somewhere warm next time, maybe Spain or something like okay. that. Oh, so you're waiting to move the horses until you know where you'll land. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go look around and find places and then bring our horses over. So that's, that's step one. <laughs> well, gosh, that sounds like an exciting venture in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's, it's good because we've been in England and it was a very cold place and I'm from California. So it's about time that I get to choose a, oh, a sunny place again. <laughs> absolutely. You need some sunshine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Crystal, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Just that they can find me on equestrianadventuresses.com. Uh, like I said, we, they can listen to our podcast or watch our YouTube show. I, we filmed all of Ireland and we also filmed like I was in Greenland. So that's the episode I'm about to release this month. And it's it's going to be a cool episode. Greenland is spectacularly beautiful. And, and you rode horses there? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. we went and we rode horses there. Because I'm filming um, for Equestrian Adventuresses, so I focus on women. So we went with a group of ladies, but also the it's a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, that created the only horse riding tour in Greenland. But the woman is, like, so amazing. So basically the show is kind of about her and our experiences there. Mm -hmm. um, but she's a lot of fun. So she shares a lot of cool stories about life in Greenland. Oh, good. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. And what it's like having horses there. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite cool. And it was fun to like go and meet somebody like that. And oh, I bet. Yeah. Good job, girls. Oh, thanks, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderfully done. And is the podcast, is that Equestrian Adventurous's podcast or? It is. Yes. Oh, good. Thanks so much for being on the show once again, Crystal. You'll have to come on again and from time to time and tell us what you're up to i like the fact that you wing it that's the sign <laughs> of a true adventurer in my book it is absolutely yeah i'm actually very bad at planning so i have to wing it <laughs> we have a friend that raves about portugal what do you think about portugal you know I i'm debating between portugal or spain but okay. i haven't really explored either so i think i'm gonna have to just go like road trip around and yeah, see where i end up do that. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it was fun to talk to you again and catch up. All right. Bye. I want to thank Total Saddle Fit for sponsoring the Woe Podcast. Total Saddle Fit makes the shoulder relief cinch. With its unique shape and contours, the shoulder relief cinch redirects the latigos of your saddle to improve your horse's range of motion in the shoulders. The shoulder relief cinch is robustly padded and cutaways in the places where your horse needs it. Total Saddle Fit wants you to try this innovative new take on the cinch by offering free worldwide shipping. That's right. Try it for 30 days risk-free. I've got one I use on my quarter horse mare Jesse and my Mustang Scratch, and I really like the look and feel of the shoulder relief cinch. Over 10,000 riders rely on the shoulder relief cinch. Find your perfect size, color, and material at totalsaddlefit.com and tell them you heard about it on the Woe Podcast. That will do it for this episode. Thanks to Crystal Kelly and the Equestrian Adventuresses. 
The links to her website and her podcast can be found in the show notes at woepodcast.com. I hope you'll check them out. I've got a couple of episodes in the works, but if you have a story to tell or an idea for a podcast, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to john at woepodcast.com. I answer everyone. You can find all the episodes of Woe Podcast at the aforementioned woepodcast.com. Click subscribe on any podcast catcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, and new episodes will automatically appear on your device. It's magical. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast, and we'd love to connect with you there. Post some photos of you and your horse. Boy, I can't believe we're into our eighth year. This decade is going to be great, and you're a big part of this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.